Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. John D. Rockefeller was at one time the richest man in the world. In fact, he was our first American billionaire. So considering that this was the early 1900s, this would make him one of the richest men in modern history. A reporter once asked Rockefeller, how much money is enough? Some of you have heard this before. Whenever he was asked this question, you've you've, you've heard this quote before. Rockefeller was asked, how much money is enough? We may all have a different dollar amount for how much money would be enough, how much we could actually have of something. So Rockefeller uh, answers in this way, clever, uh, truest way he can possibly answer. Question again, how much money is enough? He says, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. It doesn't have to be money, uh, but we have a problem with excess. And if you ask much people how much of something is enough, money, clothes, online shopping, alcohol, food, sex, whatever it might be, how much is enough? A lot of people are going to use the statement, even if they're not bold enough to say it out loud, just a little bit more. Today we arrive at part eight of our series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're almost there. Part eight of 10 parts. We're moving right along in chapter six. And what we're going to do today is apply even more pressure as we discuss the importance of personal treasures. One thing that you recognize if you've been here every week is that Jesus never takes his foot off the gas pedal. It's just constant. And there are some of you in here today that say, I have no issue with forgiving other people. I have no issue with lust. I've never been through a divorce, so I don't know exactly what that experience is like. I don't have an issue with anger or retaliation. I'm a pretty peaceful person, but there are some of you that are in here today and that are listening online right now that today, this one, what we're going to talk about today is going to get you. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 19 through 21, and then we're going to skip ahead to verse 24, just four verses, all right? Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And then we're going to skip down to verse 24. You can get your phone out, look up at the screen, your Bible, however you want to view this. Just make sure that you're looking very, very closely at what Jesus is saying to us today. Again, like everything that we've talked about, very enlightening, very convicting 
language that Jesus uses. This is what he says. Stop collecting, excuse me, stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust eat them and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, there's an alternative. Collect treasures for yourself in heaven where moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. And here's the key verse right here. This is a big one. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Skipping down to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be loyal to one and have contempt for the other. The majority of people in churches are doing everything they can to have two masters. They want to stay as close to the middle as they can to be as safe as they possibly can. You cannot serve God and wealth. So three things that Jesus is teaching the disciples and teaching us about treasures today. The first is this. Treasures on earth are unbelievably temporary. Now, we don't live like they are. And keep in mind, we're not just talking about money. Because some of you have no issues with money whatsoever. But the treasures that we have here, the things that we care about, all of these things that we continue to collect, take care of, and worship, in a sense, are temporary. Number two, treasures are a spiritual issue, not a material issue. Okay, the same thing that we talked about with lust, the same thing that we talked about with hatred, the same thing that we've talked about with a variety of these other topics is that there is something that is going on within a person that is causing conflict. And then number three, money is always going to fall into one of two categorical places. All right, so that the people that I'm addressing today are not greedy, wealthy people. I mean, in some cases it may be. In some cases it may be that you're listening online, you're listening to the podcast later, you're here right now, and, and you really have this love for money and you're wealthy and you're taking care of all of it and you're not sharing any of it. It may be We may be referring to some of those people. They would fall into this discussion, but more broadly... We're addressing anyone in here today, middle class, poor, wherever you may be, that finds financial priority outside of kingdom initiative, okay? Financial priority, your income may be $15,000 a year. Your income may be $25,000 a year. Your income may be $750,000 dollars a year. It doesn't matter. So please understand that whenever we share this text, we're not picking on the rich. All right. We're not picking on the prototypical uh, Ebenezer Scrooge that wants to keep all his money. We're talking about good natured middle-class families in a lot of these situations. 
We're talking to a lot of the people that are in this room right now. So the first thing that we go to is this. Treasure on earth is unbelievably temporary. Now, we should know this. This should be common sense. And you know, you don't need Christianity or any religious or spiritual beliefs to understand this. What you have here, one day you are going to die. One day there is no longer going to be a a Matt Smith, okay? And the collection of things that I could possibly build up for myself and, and want for myself, there is going to be a period of time when those things are, if there's anything left, auctioned off, given away, given to family members, and I'm not taking it with me. What's the expression that you've heard a zillion times? You've never seen a U-Haul, or you've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul? Because we haven't. So that the treasures, the things that we have here are unbelievably temporary. This is what Jesus says. Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth where moth and rust will eat them or where thieves can break in and steal them. Instead, the alternative, collect treasures for yourself in heaven where moth and rust don't eat them and where thieves don't break in and steal them. So it's not a matter if as if it's not a matter of if one day these treasures will be lost. It's always going to be a matter of of when. Everything that you own, everything that you possess, and everything that you hold very, very dear to yourself has an expiration date. So why not live for something that does not have an expiration date? Something that is going to go on and is going to go further. You see, Jesus' first century listeners, including the disciples in this particular story, would have been acutely aware of the problem that is going on here. Thieves could easily break into a home in this period of time and steal possessions of others. Some hid their valuables in caves or other places, sometimes deep down underneath their home. So the idea that Jesus is conveying to the disciples is that economic generosity, what you have, if it's a little bit or if it's a lot, trades earthly treasures for divine approval in this life and the next. So economic generosity, what that looks like is taking the things that you have here. And again, listen, please understand, this is not just about money. This is not just about investments or your portfolio or where you're trying to get whenever you one day retire. This is about your stuff. This is about the collection of all of the things that you have that you feel like you have to keep and place priority over. And I'm not necessarily talking about all the junk that some of you may have in your home, but the boat, the two or three cars, the motorcycle that you worship, whatever these things are, the things that you own end up owning you. Now, I'd love to say that's the Bible, but that's actually Chuck Palahniuk's novel, Fight Club. It's a little bit different. But the things that you own, 
do end up owning you. And Jesus is acutely aware of this as he shares this with uh, the disciples. So it appears to me that the disciples are given an option as they're listening on this day to the Sermon on the Mount. Invest in yourself and in this world and what you can have, or invest in the future kingdom principles. And that's it. That's your two options. Jesus makes everything. When he talks about serving two masters, Jesus keeps everything very cut and dry. What he's trying to say, Peter, Thomas, Andrew, there's not a middle ground with what we're talking about. When your hands are on that plow, you are not looking back. You are mine. And everything that you see, everything that comes your way, when our eyes get big, when we see those packages come in the mail of things that we're constantly ordering, things that we're constantly buying, uh, retail therapy, as it's often called, whenever we do these things, we are building in to a kingdom that is here and to a kingdom that is very, very temporary. So a few practical applications that we can see here. A few things that we need to understand. This is first. Live with an open hand toward others. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to help people that are unwilling to help themselves. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That's the American way. It's not the Jesus way. It's tough for people. You live with an open hand toward other people. That's what it means. Look at the Gospels. Look at Paul. Look at the Jerusalem collection. We don't talk about these kind of things. So one of the reasons that I love, and I was, I was sharing this with Beth last night, we were talking about this, it's one of the reasons that I love the hope bags so much. Because when I see a person, I am very suspicious of just giving people money. And I think that's smart. But when I know that I can give people a backpack, with warm clothes in the winter, food, a gift card. I mean, we even go as far with, with these hope bags to, to give people special letters, personal letters, Bible, things like this. And it bothers me so much. I don't know, some of you that have gotten used to giving, those are the hope bags if you're new over there. One of the things, and if you want to, whenever you leave, grab one and take one. Take two or three. But one of the things that's, that, that really kills me is whenever I stop somewhere or I see someone and I recognize that I don't have any money with me or I don't have one of these with me. We live with an open hand toward other people. This is kingdom living. This is one of the radical principles of this sermon that is so difficult for most people. Something else that we have to do is we have to invest in the local church. If we are kingdom people, we must invest in the local church so that mission can go forward. And I'm just going to tell, I'm going to be very, very real with you about this. I cannot comprehend at this stage of my life, I cannot comprehend not making the local church a priority whenever it comes to my financial giving. I, I cannot even, I mean, it's like, and I, I am not saying this like a pastor standing up here, like give money so I can make more. 
I'm talking about the flow of mission in this community. Because before I was ever a pastor, in fact, before I was really in a strong relationship with Jesus, Beth and I made the commitment to give to the local church. It's very quiet in here today. Live with an open hand toward others. Make the local church a priority. We constantly, constantly see in the Torah, give of your first fruits. And you know what Jesus gets? Leftovers. Or nothing. Gets toward the end of the month. Well, if I have a 20, I guess I could throw that in here. Well, next week I've got $6. I mean, we treat this like it's a power bill or a water bill or our mortgage. It's a priority that comes from our first fruits. So what we have here is temporary kingdom impact. And I'm going to promise you this. The work that we are doing today and the work that we are going to be doing into the future is gospel-centered kingdom work that is going to last long after every person in this room right now has passed away. That is why it's important to recognize where our treasure is. So the second thing is this. Treasures are a spiritual or an inner issue, not a material issue. And this is what I mean by this. Some of you in this church, you do financially well. Others of you in this church are somewhere kind of in the middle. There are other people in this church that struggle more. And I am, I am thrilled that we have a, a church across the entire economic strata. But this is the point. It's not about what you have or what you don't have. I don't look, as some people do, at some of you that might drive a new car and say, she shouldn't drive that. He shouldn't have that. Do you see that they built that big house? Doesn't matter to me. This is not a material issue. This is a spiritual issue. This is an inner issue. This has to do with what flows out of you. And this is what Jesus is trying to get the disciples to understand. Verse 21 says this, and again, one of the most powerful verses in the entirety of Scripture. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The things that you care about, your treasure, where your treasure is, the things you care about, that is where your heart will be also. This is one of the most revealing verses that I've ever read. So get this. The things that people value express who they truly are. The things that people value express who they truly are. Money is not a neutral value. Money is not something that exists somewhere in the middle. It affects and it reflects the inner person. So it's not about having things. It's about the priority of 
these things. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I can stand up here and I can talk about this with a fair level of confidence because I don't struggle with this. I've told you guys, I struggle with anger. I have struggled with relationships in my life. I have struggled with a desire for retaliation. Some of these things that we've talked about in this, I've struggled with those. But if you were to ask my kids or my wife, I try to throw away everything we have. I am a big time minimalist. I don't like clutter. I don't like stuff. I try to get rid of everything. I have two pairs of shoes that I have had since I was 19 years old. I'm far from 19. That was over half of my life ago. When I get a new shirt, when I get a new pair of pants, when I, I get rid of something old. It's like I don't crowd up the closet. I get rid of something every single time. So this is not something that I struggle with the way that some people do. But for some of you who don't struggle with forgiveness, don't struggle with anger, you don't struggle with lust, you don't struggle with all these things, today, this is specifically where you are. And please understand this, this is not just about money. Because for some of you, your treasure is your job. For others of you, your treasure are your kids. You put your kids way before God. It's like my kids are way up here. I'm going to participate in their events, all the things that they want to do. And my heart is thinking, why in the world are you not getting your kids in church more? For some of you, it's what you drive. For some of you, it's the toxic relationship that you're in. So your treasure doesn't necessarily have to be your money. That's just what we happen to be talking about today. And I've known people, this is another thing, that are wonderful with money. They're really, really good at budgeting their money. They take care of things that they make sure that, that you know, they're saving for the future and all of this is going, yet they are horrible at the spiritual management of family, of money. So please understand this. You can be wonderful with money and you can save your money, and you can invest your money, and you can always have money. But some of these same people who are people in the church are horrible at the spiritual management of their money. And what this means is that they are saving and saving and saving and building up their own kingdom, and they're never giving a dime. Or they're just skimming a little bit off the top. I'm going to be honest. I feel like I'm alone up here today. A few years ago at our church in Kentucky, we had, we had started really growing in 2017, 2018, and healthy church growth is around 16 to 20% a year. We grew by 35% in 2018. I, I don't, I mean, just the spirit of God moved in an amazing way. I mean, just to the point that it was hard to even, with, with people that we had on staff, it was hard to even manage. And I had this pastor in, in central Kentucky, I won't say where the church, but he reached out to me through Facebook Messenger, uh, has a, a mega church, uh, three or four campuses, a very nice guy, but he sends a message to me and he says to me, I've heard about some of the things that are going on at Destination Community Church. And I would like to invite you to this lunch that we're having with blank 
pastor, with this pastor. And if I were to say the name of this pastor right now, about half of you in here would recognize the name. This is one of these big platform celebrity pastors. And you know what I started thinking in my mind because of the toxic place that I was in? I was thinking, we have arrived. People are starting to see who we are. And now I'm getting invited to this incredible thing. And as I look back now in retrospect, my treasure in that moment was not the local church. My treasure in that moment was me. So I go home and I tell Beth, I'm like, I got invited to such and such church to this lunch with this particular pastor, which I knew she would recognize the name, expecting her to be very impressed. All right. And she says to me, okay, well, that sounds wonderful and starts kind of looking through some of our stuff. And she says, but we've got this going on that day. And we made this commitment to this. And I said, Beth, we, I'm sorry, we can't do that. This is bigger than that. We've got to do, I'm, I've got to go do this. And she's like, but I, honestly, I can't remember what the event was, but she's like, I've got to have help with this. We didn't have any family in Eastern Kentucky. It was more difficult circumstances. And she was like, I've got to have help with this. I was like, no, I'm going to this. I am definitely going to this. I didn't go to it. And I was very, very angry with her because she was asking me to put my family over ministry performance. I was climbing a ladder, and apparently she didn't see that. Today, I'm thankful for her wisdom in that situation and thankful for the fact that God has brought me lower and lower and lower. My treasure at the time was status, and I was investing in the temporary state of my ego. You see how tricky this can be? You see how tricky this whole treasure thing can be? Because a lot of times, we can believe that we are motivated by the right thing, but in reality, we're motiv motivated by the almost right thing. Jesus is very specific as he's, as he's speaking to the 12. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is pouring out of you in your life? What do you talk about? What do you do with your time? How do you spend your money? How do you spend your time? When you start to recognize these things, and a good thing that you can actually do is write some of these things down, whenever you do some of these things, you are going to discover where your treasure is, and a lot of times, you're not going to be very happy about what you see. Where is your heart, and where is your treasure? Last, money falls into one of two categorical places. Okay, money falls into one of two categorical places. No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and you love the other. Loyal to the one and have contempt for the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And that is about as clear cut as it can be. You cannot serve God 
and you cannot serve wealth. Or you cannot serve God and you cannot serve yourself. Jesus draws a line. And you see, this line is very difficult for people. What do we see in Revelation to one of the churches? You're either hot or you're cold. Anything in the middle. If you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. This is what Jesus is saying. So as closing today, I want you to consider this. Why is Jesus teaching this to his disciples? Why is Jesus specifically teaching this to his disciples? For the disciples, the mission is about to begin. And he needs to understand that their hearts are exactly where their hearts are supposed to be. He needs to know that the level of focus that they are supposed to have is exactly where it's supposed to be. Everything that you cared about, everything that you placed priority on, everything that was important to you has to not only take a back seat, but when it comes to kingdom initiatives, must be first. Now, here's the amazing thing. You think if you follow this, God doesn't care about you having nice things. You think if you follow this, God must not want you to be a, a good parent if, you're, if your children are such, supposed to be such a low priority. If you're following this, you're not supposed to enjoy your job. But here's the beauty. If you are seeking the kingdom of God first, and that is your treasure, everything else falls into place. Everything. Your relationship with your spouse your relationship with your kids. In many situations, you're going to find yourself making more money and having more than you did before. When you recognize and locate where your treasure is supposed to be. For the disciples, they must prepare. For you, for us, Believer's Church, we must prepare. The challenge that I want to provide for you today as we close is threefold. And the first is this. Leave the mindset that there is any value in your possessions. You have to completely leave the mindset. I mean, you ha this is what you have to do. And this is what this has to look like. And maybe that means that there needs to be people that are down here today. You are driving into the middle of nowhere if your focus is on your, you and your focus is on what you have or what you're becoming. Climbing the corporate ladder, preparing perfectly for retirement, making sure everything works out the way that you desire. You have to pray for God to destroy that mindset, for a kingdom mindset that changes everything. Number two, live with an open hand. Live with an open hand. And that doesn't mean that you stop at the bank in the morning and get 65 $1 bills and every single person that you have, you give one to. It means that you pay attention. It's not, it's not always even a, a financial gift or anything like that. Sometimes it's talking to a person. 
Sometimes it's speaking with someone that needs something, living with an open hand. And then number three, give to the local church. If your heart is focused on mission, if your heart is focused where it needs to be, give to the local church. Ask God today to reveal what your inner treasure is. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we ask that you open our hearts and that you open our our minds, God, to you. We trust in you. We seek to follow you. And God, if this is an issue for us, if this is something that we do struggle with, I pray, God, that you speak right now. Father, we know that this has been a difficult time that we've been through recently with everything that's going on. There are people hurting, there are people scared, and there are people sick. And Father, I pray that you lift our hearts and minds up to the reality of that as well. God, as we look at the landscape of our country right now and where everything is, is there a more valuable time to find our inner treasure. We lift you up and praise you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.